Amen. Today's scripture comes from Luke, the 12th chapter, and begins in verse 16, and it reads, Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all of my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life is being demanded of you. And these things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. This parable is often titled the rich fool. God says, uh, ultimately, it's probably titled this way because in verse 20, God actually says, you fool. But what makes him foolish? Some would argue that he was foolish because he had gotten a bunch of stuff and he was rich, but I can't necessarily go with them on that because God, I don't believe, has any issue with his children being wealthy. You see, in the Bible, we find kings that walked with God that undoubtedly had great amounts of treasure. We have Job, who was the richest in his region. We, we have uh, in the Old Testament where, in some cases, being fruitful and having a lot, a, a, a lot of stuff said that God was with you. So I don't believe that rich always equates to foolish. So what could be the issue? I believe that the issue was not that this man had stuff, it was that his stuff had him. Most gracious God, thank you. Speak to our minds and our hearts in a mighty way. We need you right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You see, the, 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 in this pericope, we find a farmer that has lost his way. He has become so selfish and so self-serving that he has forgotten to be generous. He has forgotten to be loving. He has forgotten to be merciful. He has forgotten to be compassionate. Oh, yes, and he even has forgotten his God. Now, you might be asking, preacher, how can you say all of this? And, and my answer is simple. As you read through this story, there are a lot of I's and a lot of my's, but those are the only pronouns you find used. There, there's no mention of the friends that probably helped him plant the crop. There is no mention of family that, that probably stood with him when he wasn't so rich. There, there is no mention of the stranger who is traversing their journeys that should be able to glean from the edges of their field. And there is no mention of God until God himself interjects and says, you fool. You see, he has become very selfish and very self-centered and believes himself to be so self-sufficient that he needs nothing and nobody. And that, people of God, is living a foolish life. And looking at this, 
I'm reminded of my many years in sales where managers and, and owners would tell us sales reps, you need to go buy a bigger house, you need to drive a better car, you need to get better toys. And it was because their thought process is if you had more pressure to pay on stuff, then you would have more pressure to sell to make the money to pay on stuff. Now, the problem with that, even though there may be many, we'll focus on this. The, the problem with that is, for those that don't know God, when famine hits, um, something like COVID-19, and all of a sudden, you can't make what you used to make. No matter how hard you work, no matter how many hours you put in, your commission checks just aren't the same. If you do not believe in the true and living God, your world is rocked. This type of weight can crush a person's peace, crush a person's joy, crush a person's ability to love, and even dismantle their relationships. Because for them, success revolves around money and the belief that they themselves have the ability to acquire it. Therefore, famine rocks their world because their hands aren't powerful enough, their mind isn't intellectual enough, and their way of doing things isn't strategic enough to yield the results they desire. Oh, but, but, but for those of us that know and trust in the true and living God, for those of us that know the Prince of Peace, for those of us that know Jesus to be the center of our joy, for those of us who, who put our trust in God and God alone in a lean time where commission uh, is not as high as it once was, it does not matter because it can't rob us of our peace. Because our peace, our joy, our love, our relationships are not tied to money, but to the God of our salvation. It is, it is in my heart that, 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 that I, I speak to God with all faith that he is still on the throne. You see, my heart is not resting in money. It is not resting in land and riches, but it is ever seeking the will of God. So even as the seasons change and money and stuff comes and goes, we can stand on the foundation of our God and find rest in him. We understand that success is not how many houses we have or what kind of car we drive or even measured by how much money we have in our bank account, but rather it is doing what we have been called to do what God has generously blessed us with. It is building the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of Brian or the kingdom of Elaine or the kingdom of Judy or the kingdom of James or the, the kingdom of Paul or the kingdom of Hannah or the kingdom uh, that, that revolves around anything other than God. It is living in our purpose every day, no matter what we may or may not have. You see, being rich towards God means that with a smile on our face, we can say, God giveth and God taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. With a smile on our face, we can say, I know you are able to deliver me from this, but even if not, I will not bow to any idols, for you are my God. You see, uh, uh, being rich towards God says that I don't own anything that I can't give away or sow for the purpose of the kingdom. It means that my eyes and my minds become me's, use, uh, my eyes and my minds become you's and us's. And as I'm acquiring, I am thanking God. I am praising God. And I'm looking for God's direction, his wisdom, and his purpose. It's funny. 
I once heard a story told of a man that had acquired uh, massive amounts of stuff and he, he found himself in a church one Sunday and, and for whatever reason his heart was pricked and he came to know God and that week he, uh, there was a fire at his home and it burned everything to the ground. And, and, and most people that have a lot of stuff, when they lose everything, they begin to fret, oh, what am I going to do, or how I'm going to get, or what people are going to think. But this man said, I guess I'm free now. Because he realized that it wasn't about the stuff, that he still had mass amounts of riches because of who God called him to be, not just what was in his home. This is the change of heart we all need. We need to realize that stuff does not define us. Our purpose in God is all the definition we need. The second issue is similar to the Pharisees that, that, that are mentioned in this, the, 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 the verses prior to this particular portion of Scripture where uh, we believe that this man could have confessed or professed that he knew God and that he followed God, but he walked very differently than he talked. He is a fool because in his heart, he lives in such a way that, that says that in his heart, he, he believes there is no God. People of God, you need to understand that oftentimes individuals will, will study and watch how you live more than they listen and study what you say. So you can proclaim what you will. You can shout it from the mountaintops. You can sing it on the street corners. But if you're walking, your talk don't add up. I'm sorry, but you're living a foolish life. Many of you have heard me say this poem before, live your creed. It says, I'd rather see a sermon than to hear one any day. I'd rather one to walk with me than just to show the way. The eyes of better pupil more willing than the ear. Uh, advice may be misleading, but examples are always clear. And the very best of teachers are the ones who live their creed. For seeing good put into action is what everybody needs. I can soon learn to do it if you let me see it done. I can watch your hands in motion, but your tongue too fast may run. And the message you deliver may be very fine and true. But I'd rather get my lessons from observing what you do. For I may misunderstand you and the fine advice you give. But there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. In this scripture, as, as, as this, 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 this man praises himself and pleasures his own heart, people are looking and saying, is that what success looks like? Do I need to be like that in order to be successful? Now, I like to take a liberty here. Hopefully, I'm not kicked out by saying it this way, but let's say that the scripture after this doesn't say that the Lord required his life. Let's say he lived to be an old age and he had a son. Let, let's say that his son took over the business and he, he had an even bigger crop than his dad ever had. And he built barns and he sought after himself. And even as, as his dad needed care, his son forgot about the dad because he was too busy amounting uh, 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 wealth for himself. The dad, no doubt, would say, son, after all I've done for you, why have you forgotten me? And the truth of the matter, the truth that the son could say is, Dad, I'm doing what you taught me. I learned this from you. A lot of the issues in our society, I believe, come from the lessons learned, not by the words that we speak, but by the actions that others observe. You see, 
Success is taught often that it is okay to backbite, to cheat. It's a doggy dog world. It doesn't matter if anybody else gets there as long as you do. And, and it's that type, type of teaching that, that the next generation is, is, is embodying and we are teaching them to be greedy, to be ungodly, and to be foolish. We need successful people living godly principles to stand up and be an example for whether we do or not, the next generation will take what we have given them to see and live that creed. And I don't know about you, but I do not want to get into my older years and look back and realize that I've promoted an ungodly, a greedy, and a foolish living for those that saw me every day. I don't want it to be my fault. The third issue that caused him to be foolish is he forgot the importance of intentionally living each day for God. He looked at his storehouses and how they will benefit him for years and years to come. I am good forever. Forgetting that God has required a very specific purpose for him, for you, for us today. We often ask the question of others, if you were to pass away tonight, are you sure without a shadow of a doubt that you would go on to be with God? We, we often say, you know, tomorrow's not promised. We have to do what we have to do today. But the reality of it is, as we spit those uh, 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 sayings and as we ask those questions, some of us forget to intentionally live for God even in today. We walk into our jobs and work them as unto ourselves, forgetting that we're called to work in excellence unto God. We walk into our friendships looking for what we can get from them instead of looking for an opportunity to show God's love, his compassion, and to build, yes, the kingdom of God. We walk into our homes to be affirmed as the boss and the big man in charge, only a big woman in charge, only to re, uh, forget that we are called to train the leaders of tomorrow by being good leaders and stewards today. God gives seed to the sower, but it's not only money, it's time and it's talent, and it's how we invest all of those things into the building of the kingdom that really dictates our success. People, at the end of our days, God will not ask us how much money we made. God will not ask us how many houses that we owned. He will not ask us if we drove to heaven in a Benz, a Bentley, or a Range Rover. But he will evaluate, God will evaluate whether we have been good and faithful servants. A good friend of mine, Bracey Dangerfield, once preached a message called, Is It In You? And it was under the premise that what is in your heart will come out of your mouth and be lived in your life, whether you like it or not. And what we find in this parable, and what it really tells me is, the heart of the problem is in the problem of the heart. So people of God, my question to you is this. As God blesses you, do you remember God? As God increases your territory, do you look for opportunities to be a blessing to others? As God intentionally fulfills his promises in your life, are you intentional, intentional about the promises that you've made also? Brothers and sisters, our world needs us to live a faithful life and not a foolish one. 
In a time where those who once depended on riches are looking for answers, we can show them a more excellent way. We can show them how the love of God surpasses all of these things that we see. We can show them that the compassion of Christ is for us all. We can, we can show them that a peace that surpasses all understanding is available to them. We can show them the God of our salvation. We can show them that following that idol that they used to serve called money served them not well at all, but serving a God that is all-powerful and ever in their lives can, 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 can be the change that they are looking for in a world that is riddled with bigotry, hatred, and racism. It is our voices in our lives that show the love of God to change, and I believe will change, generations forever. In this generation, that is taught to acquire wealth by any means necessary. That is taught that it's okay to backbite, to, to pull people down, to lie, to cheat, to steal, to be deceitful, and, and to be ungodly and greedy in all ways. It is up to us to show them that wealth in God is far greater than anything they could ever acquire with money. But it first requires a change of heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.